dun, 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 dun. Episode 100. That's right, made it to triple digits and so many more episodes to come. Now, assuming approximately one hour per episode, that is more than four full days of nonstop King of the Ride podcast. So many great episodes in the archives. Of course, I encourage you to scroll on back. Regardless, whether you're a new listener or have been around from the very beginning, thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for being part of this ride. Now, for this milestone, we're going to welcome back return guest, everyone's favorite duchy, seasoned pro on pavement with something like 17 years of dedication paid to the world tour. Now he's a race-winning gravel rider, the leader of the Dutch Gravel Mafia, father, a husband, a business owner, presumably a diamond platinum member on KLM Airlines, given his crazy globetrotting schedule. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Lawrence Tendam. Now, I'm calling this the second of our three-part series, or, or at least three-part series, on the state of gravel. The last episode, of course, was with Ian Boswell, which was tremendously well-received. The next one coming up shortly is going to be with Pete Stetna. We check in today with Lawrence to see what he sees with his international glasses on, with what I'll call his international rose-colored glasses, since he's such a positive force in cycling. We get to hear his thought process on it all, because being a European gravel pro in America, which is the hotbed of gravel cycling, is like being an American professional road cyclist racing in Europe. You're a stranger in a foreign land. Although, of course, if you actually know Lawrence, he's about as at home in America as anyone I've ever met, so I'm not too worried about him feeling like a stranger. Now, real quick aside, we're going to talk a little bit about Thomas Decker. This, of course, is the Dutch superstar on a meteoric rise to professional road cycling who is busted for drugs and has been on an interesting path ever since then. LTD, Lawrence, is a mentor of his in many ways, not least of which how Thomas has been taken under his wing in the gravel sport. So that is the Thomas that we're going to be talking about today. Hey, two things that I want to touch on real quickly. I'm a product of USA Cycling. I got into the sport after juniors. I didn't race juniors, but then I spent some time with the U23 program over in Belgium. I raced loads of national championships over the years and, of course, countless other races hosted by USA Cycling. I still have fond memories of where their origins lie. It's, it's interesting to see the programs that they're supporting these days and the ways in which they're trying to remain relevant in cycling. Now, here is a way that can positively affect anyone who rides a bike. USA Cycling's new ride membership. Now, specifically, as it pertains to anyone who rides a bike, this membership offers a $0 deductible on-the-bike insurance coverage powered by Spot that works with or without primary insurance. So specifically, this program offers up to $25,000 coverage for each of up to four accidents per year with their annual membership, which, by the way, is only $69. So, group rides, commutes, training rides, any kind of bike accident, they've got you covered. If you have primary insurance and you're saying, ah, this is going to be no help to me, this will reimburse riders of their primary insurance deductible. There are some other great benefits like discounts on partner brands as well. And speaking of discounts, with the coupon code KING20, K-I-N-G-2-0, you will save $20 off this $69 program. As someone who has taken more than a few tumbles off the bike, this brand new insurance product from USA Cycling is something that I wish I had along the way. Medical bills will add up. No matter how well you are covered, 
I just signed up and highly suggest that you take advantage of this as well. So, I want you to check it out. I encourage you to check it out. In an attempt to not confuse you how to find this link, for starters, you could find it in my show notes. Two, you could Google the Ride Membership USA Cycling and you'll find it there. Or three, get out your pen and paper, memberships.usacycling.org slash products slash member. This is awesome. The other mention, of course, is Athletic Greens. In particular, I am still starting every single day with AG1. This easy-to-use, easy-to-travel-with, super-easy-and-enjoyable product to consume, it packs the benefits of a multivitamin and then so much more into a drink. You just add however much water you want. I'm somewhere around 8 to 10 ounces, plus a scoop or travel pack into the bottle. Quick shake, down the hatch, and I feel ready to take on the world. Since starting AG1 by Athletic Greens, I have given up supplements, multivitamins, fish oils, B vitamins, all of the bottles of vitamins in exchange for AG1. I think you could maybe benefit from this simplicity as well. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free year's supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. Those are the ones that I love using with our life always on the go with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash tedking. Once again, athleticgreens.com slash tedking. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That's it. That's all. Ladies and gentlemen, next up, Lauren's 10 Dom. Oh, we are at a bar, as has been the case recently. So you're going to hear an ever-increasing volume in the background. Please ignore that and just call it white noise. Enjoy the show. Nice to see you again. Great to see you. It's been since Umar. No, Umar, you also were not coming. Man, oh man, when did I see you last? Probably Gravelocos then. Gravelocos, May 20. 2022. And so you've been back to the states since then for Unbound. Tusha and Tusha. Yeah. Oh, I say. No, you were not there. I was there. You were in Kusha. I did not have a good day. Uh, I was ninth. You were ninth. I flew in the day before. Yeah. I flew on on Friday, Saturday race, and Sunday I flew back because I was doing the tour. I had to do all those podcasts. That's bananas. Is that taxing for you? Like at this point, you're almost. Traveling is old hat for you, but is it taxing to fly to the States for these really short periods? For one week? No, yeah, for that one week. No, actually, I also kind of liked it, you know, like I had like me time because yeah. like I did the podcast during the tour every day and it was a big project. Like we got like, we got a house, uh, we got a big house, we got like two camera guys who were going, we got a stagiaire going, I got Stefan, I, Thomas Decker was doing that every day, so it was like bus all day long you know i still try to do my training in the morning then we would watch the tour together and then we yeah. would make a podcast in the weekends people were coming to ride bikes with us so it was where like, was where was the house that you rented uh amsterdam near amsterdam so just oh, okay right. yeah so it's kind of close to home i slept there half i slept half home but then when i flew to for to uh christian atusha that was like four days of me time suddenly right. you know right. because right. after unbound it was like crazy going at home because i was one week one month away for unbound uh-huh. and then when you come home and then all the businesses get 
yeah. needs attention too, and then the kids needs attention too. So the, that month was like crazy. Yeah. So here we are. Check it out. It's four. Call it four forty. Initially, we were gonna. As I set the scene, we are in. I don't even know where we are. Pueblo, Pueblo. Colorado. Gravel Locos Pueblo. On the river walk. On the river walk <laughs> next to our hotel. Beautiful spot. You. And I originally said three o'clock, very loose time. You said, hey, I got a bunch of work to do. Let's do four. Yeah. Let's do 4.30. People will have the impression that you and I just ride a bike for a living. And that is... Not true. Not true. <laughs> there was a period that that was true. And even then, that's not true. You were catching up on Q3 business. Yeah, exactly. Go. It's September 28, 29 now. Yeah. So yeah, it's the end of the the Q3 exactly. So I needed to get. I, I run three companies, so I needed to get everything straight in between the three companies, you know, because all the salaries need to be paid. Uh, and you're you're effectively CEO of them. You're yeah. running these companies. Uh, yeah, together with my 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 my, my partners, you know. Yeah. So I got the fear. but but I do the the business administration because I got the overview of all three companies because I own like 50% of all three. Gotcha. So. It's nice to be in charge of all that, you know, yeah, <laughs> like that yeah. you know where the, where the money goes and comes from and stuff like that. So, yeah, there was a lot of work to do. And uh, and the three companies are? It's Lifslow Rightfalls Media. It's my uh, uh, my podcast, the movies we make. Uh, we got a bunch of other ideas, you know, but it's basically that. Then we got uh, the swag, Live Slow, Ride Fast swag, yeah. and it's the clothing, yeah. it's my clothing, and then I got also got Live Slow, Ride Fast events. Oh, no kidding, so, that's right. Yeah, so last uh, last weekend, uh, the inaugural event was uh, was held again in yeah. Germany, and uh, I was tired the first days when I came here, because that's more like a party event, but so, so good. It's, it's events, clothing, and media, yeah. You and I last spoke on a podcast in, man, probably 2019? I think it was 2020, the coastline. Oh, that's right, and then the world shut down. We were in a van, we were in Chirau's van. Still a very popular podcast. Uh, (laughs) Man, oh man. I mean, not to say what has happened to you since then, because, you know, we sink into a a pandemic and then the world changes, but, I mean... I can tell you what, what like, like the thing what happened back then. I remember I was making a podcast... With, for Live Slow Ride Fast, yeah. uh, like a few weeks later. And me and Stefan, like the host of the podcast, like I do it together with, with him. Because he came to that ride, right? Uh, no, it was Dennis who came to the ride. That's right, like, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, That's yeah, a clothing yeah. guy. Yeah. But Stefan, he said, he asked me like, what are your ambitions for Unbound? Stuff like that. And I remember telling him like, man, I'm retired from the world tour. Like, I, I love the gravel racing. I love the gravel vibe, but I don't... You know, you have to kick me in the butt or, f- or slap me in the face when I go like crazy again, like will to focus in order to to try to win unbound. You know, there are a lot of younger people, a lot of faster races than, than I am nowadays because back then I was already 40. And, uh, and uh, I don't have big ambitions. You know, top 10 would be nice. And then, then the pandemic came. And 2021 was the first year I could do gravel racing, like real gravel. Of course, I did the grasshoppers before, and we did together a bunch of racing in 2016. So I was familiar with it. But like the the big races, like Gravel Locus and Unbound, like the longer races, I ne- never did. Mm-hmm. 
and I happened to be really good at it suddenly. So I was like, so that, so so in between my ambitions for then and my ambitions for like the years after, like it changed a little bit. I didn't get a slap in my face because I I, I recognized the the old feeling of being too focused, you know. So, uh, but but you know, I enjoyed the racing in, in on gravel, and I also. Yeah, I noticed. I learned that I was quite good at the longer races. Yeah. And you're, you're, right. You've done the grasshoppers. Yeah. You know, we had that very entertaining conversation at uh, the first gravel locos, where you're like, "What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to bring?" Yeah, exactly. What is <laughs> it? What is it? Invert. No, it's an insert. Uh, <laughs> at that point, I mean, you're still able to coast off residual fitness. Yeah. And so your final, your final professional year was 2019. 2019. Yeah. I remember still your question on the. So we we uh, we did uh, two weeks after the Gaffer Locus, we did Unbound 2021, my first one. Right, right. I got second. Ian yeah. won it. Yeah. And we were in a press conference all together. You were there, and Emily was there, and the girl, I think Leah Wilcox, we did the yeah, XL yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, and you asked, uh, you took the mic and you asked uh, Ian, hey Ian, what was your last year in a world tour? Mm-hmm. 2019, he said. Hey Lawrence, what was your last year in the World Tour? Yeah, the same, 2019. So you pointed out that I think 2021 was more easy, like like doing that, like that if you raced, I raced the World Tour for 15 years. So I was in a pro, pro for 16 years. So so two years after retiring, there was still like a lot of muscle memory and stuff like that going on. So, but yeah, like last year, what I noticed in terms of training. Because I don't train as much as I used to do, you know. I used to do 30-hour weeks and blah, blah, blah. And now with uh, now I train, like, more focused, to be honest. That's actually strange, but I train more focused, like, because I have less time, you know. Like, I have 15 hours a week, maybe 12 sometimes, maybe 17 sometimes. Yeah. And then the... I go to, to the US for Unbound, like Unbound is like my main focus of the year. And the month before Unbound, or three weeks before Unbound is Gevalokos. So then I go to the US together with Thomas Decker, my friend. And then, like, to be, I must admit, 2022, we were there for one month together. And then it's totally World 2 style again, <laughs> you know? So, so for one month, we focused. I don't have to set an alarm. Yeah. I can go to bed whenever I want. I don't have kids who wake up early or would do, or wake up in the night because they pee their bed or something like that. Or uh, so, so I don't have the companies like like. Also, it's nine hours time difference or eight hours. So, you know, I, I wake up in the morning. You got a bunch of of messages or emails. You do that within half an hour. Then Thomas wakes up. <laughs> Then you go do your training ride, and it's already night in the Netherlands. So, so, so in terms of, of of work, it's also really condensed in like half an hour in the morning, maybe one hour in the afternoon, and it's done. You know, instead of all day, you know that all day messaging and stuff like that. So the time difference is nice too. And then within that month of like last year it was 28 days we were in the US. I noticed my body reconnects with how it used to be. Right. And I make such a jump in fitness, it's incredible. Like last year unbound, I was oh this year unbound I was like I don't know for the wattage we I was pushing 322 for nine hours fifteen normalize. And I I was like 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 I was I was skinny. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure 
like I didn't do such a ride before, like also for nine hours. I didn't do such a ride in a world tour, you know. What so, kind of training? What, what did training look like? I remember you did Gravel Locos. I was flying was home the next day, and you and Thomas went out and rode another five-hour day. Yeah, so were you doing a, just massive hours? You doing formal training? So the thing was, we uh, like I say, I train more focused. So every day I have a goal now, and I train with that app I just showed you. Join. Yeah. But this was not in the app. This is like the guy who invented join for the last month. He, uh, like, we had a coach and coachy uh, athlete relationship. So basically, I did Gavalokos and I did Rule of Three. And the day after both races, I did six hours. Or we did six hours. Thomas went with me. The day after Gavalokos, he almost died because it was like 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, man. Yeah, he and I finished in the same group at Gavalokos. We were both. Dead it was so walking. hot, and then like yeah. after four hours, the guy, the poor guy, collapsed, and he was like, you know, Thomas, he's yeah. a dandy, he's like the 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 the, the nice boy, the, we say the moy boy, you know. <laughs> he was going into some water, which was which was standing still already for I don't know weeks, you know. I saw all the fish going, and he was just laying down. And you know how you know I told you like the will to focus is there again. So I was, I said to Thomas, hey Thomas. You know, it's like 90 minutes back to back to Heiko. Yeah, yeah. I could I could go in front because I was, and then order already burrito or stuff like that. <laughs> I arrange the restaurant, and he says he puts his hand on my my back and he says he looks in my eyes and he says Lawrence, now you can't leave me because if you leave me, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> so that was, I think that was the hardest day. For me in 2022, also for him, like because it was so hot. Yeah. But and then you know on the on the Wednesday and the Tuesdays we do like 30-15s, a VO2 max, yeah. four four times four minutes. I don't know, four hundred something. I don't know. And, and is, is his form coming up the same way? This so, is Thomas Degger. This is yeah, it's the world class cyclist. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, he is. He's all over the place before we go there for one month, you know. So we did together Colombia. We did. We made a movie about it. For, so for the people who want to know what Lislo at Fast Media does, watch Una Chimba on YouTube. That's a 50-hour. Basically, that's a 50-hour week in the Colombian mountains. 50. 50. 5-0. Yeah. Like I never done so much. I go there next year again together with Thomas. And you have to take your own clothing. So you go from hotel to hotel. Did Stetland do this? Yeah, one? yeah. Okay. We, you gotta watch this thing yeah. because yeah. Uh, he won it. Yeah. But I played with his balls, of course. Got it. It's always nice. It's uh, always nice to play with Pete's ball. So, and then it was very. So he was all over the place. So he was basically for one month. He was in my wheel, like doing all the training. So he never missed one. He, ne- he did not miss miss one minute. Yeah. And he did all the efforts in my wheel. And maybe you know, in the beginning, the first two hours, you would get next to each other, and then he would. But the guy, he's so talented. So it's a shame he, he punctured an inbound because he got the shape back, you know. Like he was, I think, also in the rule of three, we, were, we, we rode back to the front group of, we were like seven guys, he was still there, you yeah. know, like or five guys, he was still there. So he, he got back to fitness. So, uh, yeah, so what do we do to, in terms of training? The last month before unbound is, 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 it's again 20, 25 hours, but like yeah. every hour we push the pedals. So it's not like chunk miles, it's like. Sure. It's like pushing the pedals, like 250 efforts, you know. Do you make up intervals? I mean, like you said, you know, 30 15s, 4x4s, 5x5s. 
in a previous lifetime, you worked with a coach very formally. Now you have an app. At that point, I don't know. I mean, I guess the, the general gist question is, outside of volume being much less now than before, how does structure fit into the picture now so, versus before? So the thing is with that app, yeah. uh, I put in a goal and I put also in my avail- availability. Yeah. And then every day it gives you like, like, like a training. And of course I'm pro enough to to bend th- those days according to my knowledge right. a little bit in the right direction or it fits me better personally. But like I say, like every day, like if you, if I only have like, before I used to ride my bike for six hours a day. So the first hour and the last hour didn't even, didn't really matter. You know, you yeah. just go ride and the legs go loose and then you do something or, or you don't do something or Nicky Turpstar goes in the attack <laughs> and then you have to chase him and then you're like, oh fuck, we're tired. So you come back and training has been good. And now like I only have maybe three hours. So in those three hours, I really want to, I need, to, I need to be effective. And that's also the thing with, with work, you know, like today, like within two hours I did everything because, mm-hmm. yeah, if, if you really block things, you know, like, okay, this is work, this is training, this is work, this is family, mm-hmm. really important. Mm-hmm. Then then you, can, then you can get a lot out of your hands and that's what I like. You know? Bingo. Okay, you've mentioned your buddies, Nikki Turkshaw. You, you edit this, this yourself. I do not. I have a very good editor. Yeah, I've been making my own videos. Yeah, I Which saw. are not, you oh, know, like, a quality videos here. Mine are here. I can make, they're fun to make, they're time-consuming, but, like, seeing how editing a video works... I saw, just saw Nikki Terpstra uploaded his first video today, the five no tips way. of Nikki. <laughs> and it's like, we say... It's really nice to see. See, also in like in the beginning, you're a little bit like, uh, yeah. oh, what the fuck is he doing? You know, like he's alone in front of the five tips of thing. It's about uh, about gear, you know, stuff like that, like uh, tires and stuff. But he's editing it himself too. Like I never edited a video. So I'm, that's because you're too big for that. You got people, man. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Right? Like, but but now I want to take Nikki into the. Yeah. <laughs> but so. To, yeah, take these names. You got Nikki Terpstra, you got Thomas Decker, you got you have created Eva the Slick, Dutch Jasper, yeah, yeah. Jasper Okolo. The Dutch Mafia. Yeah. I got a, I, I got, I got a secret weapon coming. Okay. Uh, so, might not be so secret anymore. No, they got 30 travel wor- uh, travel worlds. The tandem. Huh? It's 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 two guys on one bike. Yeah. <laughs> we call it a tandem in the Netherlands. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same word, exactly. <laughs> so, two guys on one bike is yeah. a tandem. So it's uh, so I so I took the guy in my podcast. It's yeah. Tristan. He's uh, visually disabled. Oh wow. So but he's like a ma- he's got like 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 his sprint is two thousand watts and his twenty minutes is still three seventy. The guy's seventy kilo. Oh. Like so it's short. It's short, and and uh, I'd like to bring them into a mount. Like they got third at the Gravel Worlds this year. And would you be the pilot? Or you, no, no, the no, secret no, no, is no, 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 it's no. a team. Yeah, it's a team. Okay. So, so, so no, but but the week before they got third at the Gravel Worlds, they won the uh, World Championship road race and the World Championship time trial. So it's never been done. And the guys Olympic champion, yeah. and the guys also of oh, the guy, the guys, yeah. the tandem. Sure. They're also below four minutes on the. Pursuit. So the only three guys in the world who are below four minutes are those two and Aston Lamdy. Lamdy. So these are your people. This is your Dutch. Yeah, the Dutch, Dutch mafia girl, yeah. grows. The family. The family expands. 
how foreign is it to the duchies the american culture and let me preface that you came with your family to santa cruz and you called it home and and if our listeners want to hear about that we we talk about it in the first podcast that you and i do together you you've always embraced american culture you like the van life you like the road trips you like california you like surfing you like all these things when you come over and bring your buddies and bring the Dutch Mafia and you go to Gravel Locust and you go to Unbound and you go to SPT and you go to all these events, I mean, you're the you're the Don, you're the mafioso <laughs> boss. Do they do they get it, or is it foreign to them, or how does uh, that all work? Thomas gets it. Okay, he's getting yeah. Th- he, th- well, he's th- a worldly guy. Yeah, he's yeah. spent th- plenty th- of time th- in th- the Thomas states. Thomas is getting it. So he also uh, so when I was living in the U.S., he, he was living in Beverly Hills. Right, right, right. You gotta read his book. <laughs> yeah. What do you? So Thomas gets it. Also, Jasper and Eva, the first year. So, Jasper Okerlund and Eva Slick, yeah. the guys who came to uh, Unbound 2021 the first time, same as mine and me. They had a hard time in the beginning because. Uh, culturally? Like, culturally. Like, yeah. everything was like strange and everything needed to be arranged. And yeah. they were in an Airbnb, I remember, and they were not sure because the Airbnb was booked for like friday night before inbound so they could stay till <laughs> thursday friday morning right right and then they had to arrange something and stuff like that but and then also they, uh, so jasper had a lot of punctures and eva collapsed in 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 inbound 2021 like he remember he was attacking in the, in the, in the first hour and he he was really strong but then his, his stomach couldn't handle but but they, they, they learned fast you know they came to me again last 2021 december and ask me all the questions. Yeah. Like the, we had dinner together at my. So Eva is living f- five miles from me, or even four miles. Jasper is maybe 20 miles. So they came to my place. We had dinner, and I explained to them like, this is this race. This is the race. It's maybe too much uphill for you, Eva. You know, if you want to do a nice block in October, you could go to Belgium Waffle Ride, Waffle Ride, uh, Lawrence, and Big Sugar maybe. You know, because that suits you better than sure. than Steamboat, which is too much climbing maybe. Yeah. So they learned fast, and uh, as you saw, like uh, Jasper won Gravelocos and Eva won Unbound. So they were so 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 this year the Dutch Mafia came and they they won again. You know, of course, yeah. I'd like to win too, but like I'm 41, and that's, it's nice to see your your little kid won. You know, so if so, uh, yeah, that's nice. And now Nikki, I did with Nikki, I did uh, I brought him to Steamboat because for the people who don't know, Nikki was still in a world tour in Total Energies. He won Roubaix, he won Flanders, he's like... He's the cream of the cream of the yeah, crop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he asked me, not in this, yeah, maybe December already, around when Eva and Jasper came to me for dinner, like, Lawrence, I want to do a gravel race next year in the US. Yeah. But I've seen Inbound on the pictures, and also the countryside doesn't seem too appealing to me, so which race is like really nice to go to and really nice to do? Hey, Nikki, I, I go with the family to Steamboat yeah. because it's summer holidays, you know, like it's... it's a Resort uh, town. Yeah, exactly. But it's yeah. also August, so I can I bring the kids, yeah. I bring my wife. If you bring the kids and a wife, we can do Leadville together and we can do Steamboat, you know, like... like uh, One thing about Leadville, but the scenery is like, you know, off the hook. Like, yeah. we don't have that in the Netherlands. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so he came with me there. And uh, was 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 like a few months ago, last uh, in August, mm-hmm. and I noticed he was having, he was having a, he was thinking, 
because back then he didn't know he would retire. Yeah. You know. Back, back, back then, then mid-summer? Like, no, he didn't know. No so way. So he, kn- he knew Toto wouldn't give him a new contract. Yeah. But he was still like, he still, I still want to race. I still want to race on the road. I still yeah. want to. Like, uh, How old is he? He's 38. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I was like, okay, Nick, you know, like, okay, I understand. First we do this, and then uh, and, you know, maybe you got a new contract somewhere else. You know, there were like, uh, he was talking to several teams and stuff like that. Two weeks after Latville and Steamboat, he said, I'm not doing road racing anymore. Because, he, he, you know, we both know, he went to one of those shitty races in Belgium. I think it was Carl Sells yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was there, and all the young guys of the Continental teams were, like, eager to be in the front. And he was in the back, and, like, he was seeing all the risk. And, like, then he said, like, okay, enough is enough. So next year we'll travel a lot with us because he's still going to race on gravel. He's making the transition that yeah, you have made. Exactly. He's he's going to race more, I think. Yeah. So he, he told me he wants a big bigger program. So the racer, he, he's still more of a racer. And what's his? What is his mindset? Meaning, you know, take. He went. He came into gravel this year. Yeah. Maybe in not the best race because Steamboat was a lot of talking in the front group and a lot of hustle going on and like like and he finished the, well finished fourth he, he was sixth at the end but he said hey, hey Lawrence is this the, is this if the, is this now the spirit of gravel yeah like the, the anger was pulling, yeah the anger the one was gossip. pulling and then the next guy was not pulling and they were they were sh- they were shouting at each other like you have to pull and then Pete came back in the group like you guys went to the feed zone and I heard that was an angry race. Yeah, I'm not really, upset to It was it. really an angry race. So it was not like Unbound with us 2021. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was awesome. I think that that's never going to back to me going to be back to be honest. But uh, so he came into Gavel like, okay, man, it's maybe even worse than the World Tour. Like, and he did he did Leadboat, so he did yeah, Leadboat the day before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leadboat was nice, you know, but that was just like yeah. suffering. Like we made a we made a movie about Leadville. Okay. Me and Nikki going in a van to Leadville. You gotta watch it. So, so I hope next year you. He will uh, he will enjoy it even more, and he will also understand. A little bit like the spirit of Gravel. I want to take him to one of the Gravel Locust events yeah, because sure. there Gravel Locust is not never like blah 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 and bullshit. Because everybody sees each other tonight, yeah. tomorrow night. So two days before the race, all the pros are together on a VIP dinner and a casual dinner together. So you can talk already about hey, do you take a vest? Do you do arrow bars? Stuff right, like that. right, right. What is what is interesting to me? Okay, you have experienced. Uh, to repeat ourselves grasshoppers and then by and large otherwise when you come over you're doing the premier events there are so many gravel events in America that there really are there are plenty that are not competitive and they are purely the spirit of gravel which is which is really cool uh, it would be it would be interesting for you to, and your family to like come back for a whole year and experience everything do 25 races do some hyper-competitive ones, do some really fun ones, and just see where it all shakes out. I think grasshoppers do a great example of exactly that. Yeah, it's as competitive I, 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 and as fun as you want. I did see the the schedule for next year, and you know, like my heart is bleeding because I, w- I would like to 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 fit in somewhere, somehow, a grasshopper event, 
where you just where you don't race for the five thousand dollar on the line or whatever or the fame or maybe a contract next year, but where you just race for. I remember winning one of the grasshoppers and I went to the <laughs> I went to the prize table. Mm-hmm. And finally, I could score a camelback. You know, like that was my camelback. I would train with in Santa Cruz when I would go into the mountains to train uh, for on the mountain bike for uh, four hours without seeing a gas station or something. So you know, if Joao was here, he'd be like, "You cheap yeah. sob! Why didn't you just buy one? It's fifty dollars." <laughs> but I remember being happy winning that camelback. You know, and you know at the end. That, that, but that's that's what what turned me into to gravel. Actually, that, that's where the, I found the love for the bike again was a grasshopper. I think back in 2016 I was a little bit fed up. My first race of the uh, with, with racing in the world tour. My first race of the year you won. Low gap. Low. What's it called? Uh, that uh, one was old cast. Old cast. 2016. I raised my ass up. I think I got fourth. You, Levi, uh, Caboose was there. And then we were just, I still have that picture. So sitting good. there, drinking beers. Sitting on a pile of beers, yeah, drinking exactly. beers, and, and eating chips. And I was chips. like, this is where, why yes. I started racing bikes, you know? Yes. Like, not because of all the gossip in the world tour, or all the crashing or stuff like that. No, just because of this. And that's, that's where I found back the love for racing again. So my heart is bleeding not to do gossips. Not be able to fit in the grasshoppers anymore. So maybe I just should go to somewhere. So, so you are able to experience European gravel as it's growing, and American gravel. Yes. I don't want to say here and there, but I mean you're experiencing plenty of North American events. What do you? What is happening in Europe? You and I have also talked about what's happening with the UCI Gravel Worlds. So yeah. What do you see? So for me. In Europe, we didn't have gravel racing yet. We only had gravel riding. My event in Germany, like uh, LTD Gravel Raid, it's it's based on the Grinduro format I I experienced in Quincy back in 2016. So we have three days. The Friday night party is going crazy already because everybody's still fresh. You have your own beer, right? Huh? You have your own beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then on Saturday we do the event. We have three time segments, but nobody gives a shit who wins or who doesn't. You know, if you win, you get a bottle of Barolo, sure. or you get a bottle, you got a, a case of Quarmont or stuff like that. So, and then and then Saturday night we party again, and Saturday we Sunday we have the hangover ride. So that's more of the events like rides. So when the UCI, UCI gravel came. It's the first time we experience racing, and sometimes it's on circuits, or it's maybe it's not, it's maybe 100, like 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 uh, not even 100 miles, maybe 80 miles, you know, not like a mile. And these are the qualifiers for Gravel Worlds. Yeah. Okay. So at first I was like, ah, you know, ah, I'm used to inbound Gravel Locos, 150 miles, 200 miles, like doing all, but I noticed in Europe it 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 caused a spark of fire, you know, like because. Last month or last six weeks, everywhere I got uh, I got people who I see on Instagram, my friends, but also my people in even my 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 my, my, my WhatsApp. You know, like where we have WhatsApp groups. I qualified for the worlds. I qualified <laughs> for the worlds. Yeah, like it's maybe ten people in my direct environment qualified for the worlds, and they and maybe five five out of those ten they go to Italy next week. That's right. It's coming right up. So yeah, it's October 9. 
So it's like it's next next weekend. So so it sparked a fire, and I, I like to see that there's like something as careful racing going on. Of course, I, I haven't been to one of the UCI qualifiers. So you know? everything you've experienced, you've heard secondhand. Yeah, secondhand because. I haven't been, so there was the there was one in the Netherlands September 17, yeah. but also my two kids were playing soccer in the morning, nice. and I was like, okay, you know, like it's I, a good I, 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 yeah, exactly. I rather see two soccer matches than than race myself. So I haven't been there, but I can see in the upcoming years I, I will do one, and maybe I go to the Worlds one year, you know, stuff like that. But to be honest, the real world championship is unbound, you know. So although. But, but it caused a fire and now we have like races, maybe on closed circuits of like 10 miles, you know, do it 10 times, but still there's, there's racing. So, so people who want to race their gravel bike, they don't, or who want to race anyway, they're not pushed into the mountain bike or into the road scene, but they can also race on gravel, so it sparked a fire and that's good. A uh, couple things. One, in America, I feel like what I keep, you know, we refer to it as the reckoning something is going to happen because we are racing gravel on public roads and when you put 2,000 people out on public roads there's going to be some sort of inevitability some sort of danger some sort of massive about that yesterday. catastrophe that's we feel like there's an inevitability to it it will somehow somewhere somehow some way hopefully not hope well, I, I don't even know how else to say it what you just mentioned is a closed course you know it's almost like Europe is able to look at North America and say, okay, gravel is cool. How can we almost even do it better? Yeah, but the, no. thing, the thing with the closed course is, for me, gravel is also something like an adventure, you know, like a big adventure. Touche, very good point. 10K or 10-mile circuit yeah. is not an adventure anymore after the third time, you know. It's, it's more like, like a road race or like a world championship race on gravel. Well, yeah, that's the big argument. If you want to make gravel really safe, then you're going to do a closed race. It doesn't need to be but a circuit. But is not all safe, right? No. Which, which, because yesterday we spoke about Big Sugar. Yeah. I haven't been there. I go there in two weeks. Yeah, you broke your elbow. Which has we nothing to do with the traffic, but I shattered the daylights out of my elbow. Yeah. Uh, that in, Yeah, truly, that had nothing to do with traffic. That was my own yeah, yeah. So catastrophic error. I come off my bike. But... The, the point being, in, if all we are going to do is ultimately close off a gravel course, be it 150 think, miles, yeah, exactly. then all we're doing is road racing off-road again. But that's almost but how the direction... Can you, can you close the course? Because I'm, I'm having the same problem. I'm also involved in Flanders gravel. Right. So we have uh, the Tour of Flanders, we want to make it, or we have it already on gravel. It's uh, the, 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 the event is happening right on the bottom of the Koppenberg. Okay. And we take all the Flanders climbs like from the, from the gravel side. That'd be incredible. <laughs> so, so the event has already happened two, two years, yeah. like 2021, 2022. Okay. I'm involved with that and I would like to make a race. Yeah. But we're, we're, with the same, we're having the problem, the same problem over there as, the, as, as over here in the US. How long can you close a course? Right, because first place to last place exactly, is a exactly. big it's like window. Hours. So, so we were thinking about next year to close it for like 30 minutes or like 20 minutes, you know, in between the first and, uh, and, uh, and the minute 20, we can close it, we can guarantee it's safe. Yeah. 
But then you also have the problem, maybe the, the women are like more than 20 minutes behind and they still have to find their way to traffic, stuff like that. So it's, it's difficult. Yeah. It's a difficult subject. It's incredibly difficult. Um, yeah. Okay. okay. I got one question for you. Yes. How's the second kid going? <laughs> parenting. How's parenting? Here, here's a couple of my comparisons. <laughs> one, one, your first child was amazing. The second child is as though we had ten children. Yeah. You know? Uh, Hazel, Hazel is a very well-behaved child. How old Aiden, is she now? Two and a half. She's two, two and a half. A little more than two and a half. Both kids are incredibly well-behaved. We couldn't be luckier with the health and happiness and just ease ease of everything, but everything, it's so time-consuming and it's so all-eclipsing. So then the other comparison I make is you meet a couple and they go from zero children to one child and that feels like you've taken on the world. But then to go from one to two is that same leap. It's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's so time-consuming. It's foolish. <laughs> it's difficult, huh? It is. Which yeah, but I say I, I get that. So how old are your kids now? They are like ten. They are ten yeah. and uh, and seven now. So it, it so the time-consuming thing is is going away. Yeah. But now, like like we just discussed, now you got the time. You don't want to like for me. Yeah. I really don't want to miss. Too much, you know. Like this weekend, like now is uh, now I'm one week in the U.S. again. They do both. They do, both do soccer and baseball. You guys do baseball? Yeah. Like after the August trip we did with the whole family, mm-hmm. they totally got hooked at baseball. I bought them. A, I bought them two gloves. I bought them a bat. Oh, I couldn't bad. take the bat home because because of uh, in the, we only had carry on stuff yeah. like that but now 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 the youngest for his birthday the 16th yeah. of October he get a new bed and stuff nice. like that but they're throwing all day every day sure so so Saturday is the soccer games Sunday is the baseball games <laughs> so it fits in and the oldest is kind of good at, uh, at soccer so Monday to Friday he's training sure Saturday is his game and Sunday is baseball. So like I've missed like seven seven days of, of practice and and, 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 uh, and games from them. So now is the time you don't want to miss all that. Like like how does it happen logistically now? Is it just Tessa at home or your in-laws are nearby? No. Or so, sorry, so, so my, my, my Tessa is at home. Tessa is my wife. She's taking basically taking care of I must admit, almost everything, you know, like I'm one week away now, but at Unbound I'm like four weeks away from home. But my parents-in-law, they live, I can point at their house from my backyard, so that's that's really close, yeah, yeah, that's really convenient and uh, stuff like that, yeah, yeah. That's. But also the, the kids are the, the reason why I decided not to do Gravel Worlds, for example, or the World, World Championship on Gravel, not Gravel Worlds, but the World Championship, because Back then, I was still, I was still thinking I had to qualify myself. Yeah. In hindsight, it was not necessary. And also next weekend, October 9th, it is. And then I would be again one weekend away. And I want to see soccer games or I want to see baseball games. So, so, so they make. Us, but also for me, I'm like 41 years old, and it's time to make also choices for the family and stuff like that. So you know, back then, back in the world tour. When I was like 
assigned one race, I couldn't say, no, I, I don't want to go because I want to see a soccer match of my kid. But now I can say, I can make my own schedule and say, okay, enough is enough. It's well balanced. Yeah, you hear gnarly stories of people, you know, riders missing the birth of their children because they're in a grand tour or, or... Yeah, so for me, I was naive and it's good to be naive, but my first kid, I remember being home one month before, I only did the Belgian races, so I could, and I lived in close, I lived in Maastricht, so I could be home in like two, three hours, anytime. But two, two days after the birth of Jens, I thought, okay, you give birth and then you, it's done, you know, like, <laughs> but then it only started. Two days after, I had to race Liège, and then I flew to California for the engine tour. And I was, I underestimated that, but yeah, at the end, everything came okay, you know, so. But, but parenting is a thing, you know, also with all the traveling right now, so. Sure, parenting's a huge thing. In, in, in this chapter in life. But I heard you were traveling for two months. <laughs> you just told me you were traveling for yeah. two months in the van right now. And I'm like, I, fuck, so we're, you're doing a good job, you know? We're, we're doing it, you know? I mean, okay, here's our evolution. When Hazel was probably two months old, it was the heart of the pandemic, so we got our first van. And the whole point of that was to introduce Hazel to her family on the entire West Coast, go out to Seattle. That was amazing. Uh, we bought a friend's van that he had done himself. The price was right. I don't know what happens with with car prices in Europe, but in America, like, yeah, you can't, you can't afford. New cars are expensive, used cars are more expensive. So the punchline being, we drove the van probably 30,000 miles. That van was built out for a family of three. And then in the meantime, fast forward two years, our family becomes four. That van, it sounds kind it's of ridiculous. Sufficient. It doesn't work. <laughs> no. So then we're like, okay, shoot, we got to sell our van. We I actually love wife, van life. I, I'm going to look into your van tonight or tomorrow yeah. because I'm curious how the, the four-people van is working. You got to check out the new one. The new one's amazing. So the new one's built out for a family of four perfectly. So we drove the old one for 30,000 miles and sold it for a profit. Oh, yeah? Which is outstanding. Oh, wow. And then a uh, very good friend, John, who runs PTCH. Yeah, I saw it on your Instagram, yeah. He reached out and he's like... I was a little jealous. I can, I can help facilitate you getting into a van. And I thought, I don't know. I never would have expected to be in the kind of van we're in. It is, right, it's a completely tricked out, stunning... Uh, For the people who don't know, so... I, I ride a Eurovan, so I'm in one of those California, Volkswagen California ocean vans with a pop-up roof. Yeah. And a four. We can still go with four, but I'm curious for the sprint. Ours is hilarious because on this trip we've been like, man, camping is fun. And as I'm saying camping is fun, I have the air conditioning going, I'm doing dishes in the sink, the kids are asleep in their beds, we have a refrigerator. I mean, it's, it's the most civil way to go camping in your life. I got some... Uh, I got a lot of experience with the storyteller vans, you know, yeah. like, and I was with my four kids, or with my, with my kids, with the four of us last month, we were, tra- or in August, we were traveling in that van. It was so funny, but the aircon makes a big difference, but it's built for three. Yeah. We were at four. Yeah. So I put, so I took <laughs> one of those Cito summits, like, you know, like those... Uh, sure, yeah, yeah, the inflatable yeah. air mattress. Inflatable stuff, and I put... I put uh, the uh, the oldest. I put him in the garage. Nice. On the, <laughs> <laughs> the bike had to get out. He was in the garage, and we right. slept with the four of us. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. So, 
Got the van, got a pulmonary embolism. Part of me said, I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to go to events. I just want to be sad and by myself. But I saw you, you made a difference because you were chasing everybody or something. Yeah, and then Laura had been, you know, Laura loves competing. She loves going to events. She had been pregnant for nine months. When I got the diagnosis, Hayden was not even one month old. That is incorrect. He was a month and a half old. But it was, you know, I said, okay, I can't just sulk and be sad for myself. Let's let's go to events. And it was at the very last minute, right before uh, Last Best Ride in Montana, which you would love. That's a great event. I said, what can I do? Like, I didn't know what I was going to do to ride. Am I going to just ride the short course? Am I going to ride the long course? Am I going to ride off the back? Basically, the risk is I can't, I can't take risk. I can't race. I can't be. No, you don't want to bleed. Exactly. You don't want to be at the front of the race. I mean, that's where the danger is in gravel riding. Because yeah, you're riding blind into a corner. You mess up and you're down. So, yeah. Created this thing at the last minute saying... Donate a dollar. Chase people. Every people you, everyone you pass. Exactly. For every rider I pass, I would donate a dollar, not knowing if I'm gonna pass 20 people, because I gave myself a half hour buffer, and you don't have the benefit of a peloton, so I'm like, how many people did you pass? Uh, you, you have like a counter or you're still like I was another, one, another one, another one, another. Last best was 400. Oh wow. And then I did. Uh, Rebecca's Private Idaho, and that was hilarious because then I had... That's a stage race? That is a stage race, but I just did the one, like, uh, 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 queen stage. And on that one, I started five minutes later. No, ten minutes later. And I passed the entire peloton. No. (laughs) But then that was right into the climb. And And so then they they start racing it. But I still passed 600 people there. Wow. Point being, yeah, it was. But if you pass a peloton, you cannot count. I couldn't count at all. <laughs> no. So yeah, it's been it has been good. Van life is excellent. We are very happy with it. And enough about me. I'm here to talk to you. I'm, I'm cu- No, no, no. I'm curious because you look so skinny, still. And that's because you're looking at my left elbow, which yeah. is wildly swollen, uh, and the rest of my body's not swollen. Oh, is it? Is it? Yeah, exactly. Because I see the I see the veins all over here on the on the on the it's on the left so- side. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, makes a difference. I don't know. Fitness is such a funny like metric, right? You look at like you look veiny, and you therefore look fit. I don't. I feel you like still I, look fit. Fit. Like I, that's where I'm faking like, it well. You know, like I'm not limited by intensity with the pulmonary embolism. I can ride as hard as I want. We've been at altitude for almost two months, and my breathing is already restricted, so then to be at altitude where it feels even more restricted, it, it's so hard to ride hard. So I'm riding a fair amount. How, how much are you, like, how much did you gain in weight terms compared to the World Tour? You retired in 2015, you know, like the end of the yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, I probably put on initially 15 pounds, 7 kilo, and then I've probably gotten nearly back not nearly back no because i'm pretty sure i i, I never i'm never on the scale again yeah anymore. well exactly i'm also making that up i get on a scale every six months yeah exactly. so it's what you see in the mirror but i think I'm, i'm like five kilos more like, yeah. Yeah. i don't care that's a good thing you know like you're like you know what has been interesting initially is my impression is you're suddenly you're eating enough and so you're able to fuel i don't know I felt like I was, especially racing with liquid gas, you're constantly starving yourself. Yeah, exactly. 
Whereas when you could fuel yourself properly, then your power output suddenly became better, even if you're weighing an extra three kilo. For me, that's the same. But also, that's the big difference compared to me being a husband and a father back in the days. Yeah. Because I, you know, I found back the love of cycling back in 2016. But 17, 18, 19, I still did the world tour. You know, still you want to be skinny, helping Tom Dumoulin and stuff like that. That's another name. Is he coming to gravel? No. Done. No way. Okay. <laughs> Which is a shame want... because if you could, you can see he hasn't loved cycling, so it would be nice for him to fall in love with cycling again. Yeah, exactly. But go on. I, I want to... So he's... He's going to race, or not, not to race, to ride. Yeah. A ride in Nepal, together in the Himalaya, together with Bram Tanking. You wow, know, you remember him? yeah, sure. He's a former Rowan guider. And he's doing a charity ride in Nepal to, to help the people over there. It's called Tank Electric. It's about electric stuff, I don't know. But he's going with, so. That's cool. Also, I, I would like to bring him to Tosco Dias, to, to Una Chimba, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I have to find the right time to ask. But for me, the big, the big difference now, or for my wife, she tells me like, you're away still like 80% of what you used to be away. But the big difference now when you're home, yeah. you're never grumpy, yeah. you're never hungry. You're always like being, so that's the big difference because when you're hungry and when you're starving yourself and yeah. when you, so she said before, you know, I did Paris and then you would come home and I would, I would be like, okay, is he unhappy with his result? Does he want to wait, uh, lose another kilo before uh, Catalonia in two weeks? If he wants to lose another another kilo, then it's going to be two shitty weeks. If he's grumpy about being like 20th in the time trial at Mondese, it's also going to be a shitty two weeks. So she was always doubting how I would come back, you know? And right now when I come back from from anywhere, from this race, when I'm first or, or, or 20th, it doesn't, I don't care, you know, I, I come home and Monday night I'm going to, I'm going to read books again for my kids before yeah. bedtime, bedtime, you know, and that's the, that's outstanding. Yeah, so that's what she, she notices, that difference, and yeah. at the end I also have to, so that's the thing too, you know, like I remember I, I, I was coming to the US uh, second time this year, but the first time to perform before Gravel Locos and Unbound, yeah. because in April was Seattle Classic mountain biking. I never did a mountain bike race, so it was like, okay, whatever. And I remember being with Thomas in our in our pickup truck, driving. I don't know, like big road trip. Like we were discussing, like, fuck, I don't know. Like I'm 41. I'm getting 42 in one month. How long I could be competitive? You know, because this year Unbound, I, I didn't know back then, but I said, he said, Lawrence, we're still going to do this for five more years. And we were, <laughs> when we were like 70, we would still go to Unbound just to ride Unbound. I said, oh, yeah. because we really had a fun time. And then then I got, then I did the race I did, you know, like with a long attack and I got yeah. fourth at the end and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, ah, yeah, fuck yeah. I can still do this for five more years. Still got it. Yeah, but. Right now, I'm sure. So for next year, I'm, I I, div- I will divide it into like two pieces. Like before, um, till unbound, I will be like the pro gravel guy. Yeah. And after unbound, it will be more like the we say it lifestyle, yeah. lifestyle, yeah. lifestyle yeah. sport. So I will still race, and I will still 
but but not like with the same focus. And also for the upcoming years, because I know you like it, I do like it too. It will be the ultra racing or the like like you did. Uh, in Arkansas, yeah, high country. That was awesome. And I did further, which is one of the Pyrenees where you have to walk your bike for hours with your bike on your bike on your back. I did it together with Christian Meyer. Ah. And oh I yeah, he's another on that. Yeah, yeah. And I will return next year in August to further. Yeah. But back in 2020, 2020 when I did it, when there was a pandemic going on, yeah. I was like fucked. I was like dead for two months. Like yeah. two months later in December, when I would ride my bike, I would still start to feel my back, you know, because it trashed me. I, I saw you after that August yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I saw yeah. your movie. Hands are completely messed yeah, up. I saw your eyes up. and stuff like that. But still, when I was on the bike and further, I was thinking like, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do this again. And five minutes after the finish, I said like, okay, next time I can do this better, this can be better, this can be better. Because James Mark Hayden told, told me a few things at the finish. He is like one of those transcontinental... Uh, right, one of these legends. So the big goal for the upcoming years will be to ride two divides sometimes. But not to race it, because I don't, what I don't like on these things, when they go too long, further is three days. You know, you can do three days of, or two nights of... Of less sleeping, but if you go like two weeks of almost no sleeping, I don't think I think it will harm your body more than a Tour de France. I don't disagree. I think there's some balance. When I did Arkansas High Country, that was a five-day event. Yeah. I remember doing my first tour of Romandy, and then racing the Giro. And at the end of Romandy, my first one, I was like, "How am I going to maintain this for three weeks?" So you temper it. If you're going to do, you know, two or three weeks of Tour Divide. You're gonna sleep a little bit more. You're gonna ride a tiny bit less every day. But what I would I like know. to do in Tour Divide, yeah. because my my company name is Live Slow Ride Fast, yeah. and I try to balance it. Get last place? No, 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 no. <laughs> what I would try to do is make like an appointment with myself. Yeah. I ride a bike from seven. Eight, because what I like of riding bikes when I do a grass hop is to talk to the people, yeah. you know, and, and when I'm here. So I ride the bike in between, for example, 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. So that's the ride fast part, and I will go. And between 7 p.m. and 7 a.m. the next morning, I will rest. I try to get in the culture, I drink a beer. I think so. Because at further, you know, the, th the good thing was, it's like with some segments, you're not allowed in the night because it's too dangerous. So you're not I was, allowed to ride. No, no, because man, you, stop. you don't want... I was terrified walking the segment in daylight. Imagine in the, in the night, like it was like dangerous. So, but I was I was stuck before one of those segments. You're not allowed to ride between 9 p.m. and 6:45 a.m. in the morning or 6 a.m. Yeah. So two hours before, I, I I knew I was not going to make it. You know, the second night. So I was like, so I enter a hotel. I was like, I was wet, it was raining, it was in the Pyrenees, it was like, and the hotel was buzzing and stuff like that. People, I said, can I get a room? Yeah. He said, no way, we're full. I said, okay. I sit down, I start to plug in all my electricity, and the guy is like looking at me like, I was there already for 36 hours, stinking and no showering and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm plugging all the stuff. And he's like, okay, what do you want to eat? I said, uh, do you want a plat du jour? He asked me, yes, uh, in France, it's the, the plate of the day, like the day. I said, 
what about the menu of the Jew? And he starts to open up like, oh, the guy is... <laughs> I said, and what's the aperitif du jour? Yeah. So I start to drink alcohol. <laughs> and what's, what's the best bottle of wine you got? Because I'm 36 hours in a race and I, I'm stuck here, so give me the yeah. best bottle of wine. And then we start to have like a conversation. And he's like, okay, okay. I said, man, I got everything with me. I got like a sleeping pad like, and I got my beefy. And I said, you don't need a beefy. I know I'm going to find you a good place. So then he found me like next to the mirror. There's like a covered place. There's like a toilet around the corner. There's, you can plug in your phone over there. Like, it's like a secret spot for all the, the homeless people. You go there. And I, I went there. I had a great night. I slept. I woke up at four. How much did you sleep? How much did you sleep? Two hours, three hours? No, no, then it was like five hours of sleep because really? in between, because I was drinking wine and at 4 a.m. I had to get up to get to the segment before like the cut of time. But that's what I like. Actually, that's the best moment of those three days was the, the moments I was talking to the waiter and stuff yeah. like that. So, but I, I'd like to do some of those endurance stuff like, because I, it got me. Is it? Are, are there more of them in Europe? Can't you do like transcontinental Europe? Yeah, we got transcontinental. Yeah. It's between basically Belgium and Turkey or something. Yeah. And then you've got two or three checkpoints. You have to self-navigate. Yeah. So it's all kind of tactics if you take the, the long road around the mountains or if you go straight through. We got further. We got, yeah, there's a lot of trans-Pyrenees. There's a lot of bike Badlands. Badlands. Yeah, I'm like 42, you know, like if the guys like Iva Slick and Jasper Ukelon, they're like 15 years younger than me or 12 years younger than me, keep on racing gravel, like it's difficult to, to win all those races, you know. Yeah, so these are great examples and leading into the next question. The Lifetime Grand Prix has gotten very serious very quickly and Keegan is going to win it hands down and he's he is North America's best cyclist currently arguable but he's phenomenal question is wide open are you going to do the lifetime grand prix next year so i i right now i say no yeah i uh, i remember i think last year in, in november it came up the lifetime uh, grand prix i remember being next to my wife on the couch at home uh, saw that i said Fuck, it's, it's pretty cool you know and you know i, I love america sure. you know so so back in 2016, we were living in the, in Santa Cruz, California. We were supposed to go home uh, in January. Right. I remember around October, November, I got a little bit of blues because Bo little Bodie, my youngest son, was like two years old, playing in the waves. <laughs> and the oldest was fluent English on his preschool, you know, giving like lectures on dinosaurs and whatever. <laughs> and, I remember being on the on, on the on the on the on the beach next to the ocean together with my wife watching the kids. I said, "Hey, Tessa, we could, I could live here, you know, like I could stay." And she was like, "No, no, Lawrence. We had an appointment. It was for one year. I want to be able to work again and stuff like that." And I, and I, I was not risking a divorce, a divorce to stay, you know. So the lifetime game three came up, and she was like, "Oh." Yeah, just go, like, like, like. Oh, so she knows, right, right, right. She knows you want nothing more than to be here. Yeah, yes, just be here and be there and be, be Lawrence. And, and so 
I'm, I'm this year I'm like 11 or 12 weeks in the US, like, like a long time. But uh, you know, also the like, 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 like I say, and, and they travel with me in uh, for for lead boat and also for Big Sugar. Yeah. So I did a good thing in lead boat, being a nice dad because they also want to come to Big Sugar, you know, for one week. You know, it's a lot of traveling uh, in one week, but. Uh, so, but but next year I'm more like okay, better do two trips with Thomas of like three weeks, and be more home with the kids, you know, than, than do it over again. And and also the young guys like I have no chance mountain biking. That's the thing for me. I think I got second in a mount. I got ninth in big uh, crusher and the tusher, and big sugar is still coming. So, so I'm I'm. I'm good at the gravel racing, but I got like, I don't know, like 21st in, in Sea Otter and Latvall the same, you know, like, I'm not, do, I'm not that good in mountain biking somehow, you know, I don't get the power down on a mountain bike or whatever. Well, the skill is just so high. Exactly. And you're not going to learn that at this age. No, no, I'm 42 and I'm trying to learn mountain biking, like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah, right, so. exactly. Well, fair, yeah, I get that. Uh, so for me, no, but uh, Keegan... He, he, I'm, I admire him. He's so strong, so fast. Except, uh, yeah, a lot on altitude. He's so strong. So if, if the World Tour would be like on altitude, he would be a great rider. I also followed him during the Worlds. I saw he, he was uh, having problems with positioning. Oh, sure. I mean, I think the number of road races he's done, you could count on two hands. Yeah, but I, 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 I was texting my fellow friend, performance manager, world tour guy, yeah. about him a, lo a lot. And I hope, I hope people pick him up, you know. And because I'm in, uh, I'm based in Europe, I, uh, I, can't, I couldn't see the, the MEC thing on Mariah and, and the whole thing going on. And I saw it yesterday on a big road trip over here. And today on my bike ride of three hours here in Pueblo, I solo, I couldn't stop thinking about Mariah being fun. Because if the, the, the USA Cycling makes a bold decision of, of Keegan bringing into the world, so I was thinking about because I would, Keegan was like 60th or 70th. And I couldn't stop thinking about Mariah. I think she would have made the front splits, for example. So she's even, she used to be even more exceptional. Yeah, it's heartbreaking because that was a called ambiguous aspiration. She had announced that she wanted to see how far her career would go. And if that took her to Europe, then by all means, that's where she wanted to go. Yeah, yeah she's phenomenal. Yeah, she, she, yeah, exactly. So I was, I, I, remember, I spoke a lot about Keegan in my own podcast together with Stefan about him going to the Worlds and he was kicking my ass and Kusher and Tusher again and wherever he was kicking my ass. Yeah, and, and, and also a lead boat. And then, but, but so, he, so, so there you see also the World Tour level is really high eh? because he got like, he got on, he, six minutes, I think, in the world yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. But for Mariah, I would even think she would, she would fly higher, you know, so that's, that's something that's really in my mind somehow, somewhere, not every day, but when I'm alone on a bike ride, I can think about that. Well, that is incredibly thoughtful, heartfelt. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. What a crazy time. 
And it's wild, that's the last time I saw you, was at Gravel Locos. So to go full circle, to wrap up this podcast for the sake of dinner, we end with three questions. What is your favorite place to ride a bike? What is the number one place that you would like to ride a bike that you've never ridden? And with whom? Alive, not alive, fictitious, non-fiction. With whom would you like to go for a bike ride? So my favorite place to ride my bike, if I have to choose like one ride to do, I would go to Santa Cruz, grab my car, go up to Epta Street Barbecue, <laughs> ride up to Nicene Park, yeah. do the flow trail, nice. go back up to Eureka KN, go down and take Westridge Trail all the way down to Epta Street Barbecue. Yeah. It's like a three and a half, four hour ride. Oh, wow. And then I would enter the up the street barbecue place, would order like the big brisket or tri-tip sandwich, one of the one of the 34 beers on tap, sit down underneath the, under the patio, eat my big sandwich, be happy, and within 15 minutes I'm back to the family because they would obviously draw me in Santa Cruz. What was the second one? Where? Where do you want to ride a bike that you've never ridden your bike? What's your? What would you? My, would my you? answer is Japan. Ah, I've been in. I've been in uh, Taiwan. Yeah. Tour of Taiwan? No, I don't. Uh, what's it? It's it's like the big climb, the Taiwan KOM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you race? You must have raced in Japan. No, I haven't raced. No. There. No, no. Uh, have you raced in every continent? Uh, yeah. You have. Uh, Africa, North America, raced, South America, Europe, Asia, Africa, Africa, Australia, not Antarctica. No, but I saw your movie on. on or I saw your trip with with a few friends almost dying in, in the, the snow. cold. <laughs> That's just Canada, man. That was one week after Tour of Alberta. <laughs> no, actually. To be honest, I really don't have a clue. I, 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 would, lo- I would love to go Costa Rica with the grasshopper. So he, he invited me to do a Costa Rica tour and I already booked a flight or something like that. And, and it was not happening at the end or something. So, he was, so Costa Rica, I think Costa Rica would be, would be really nice. And who, and who I would take with me would be Thomas Decker. Nice. So, I, yeah, like, like the guy, we know each other since he was 14, I was 18. That's crazy. So he went up to the pro ranks way faster than me. He got also down, <laughs> he also fell off the, 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 the rock faster than me because he got popped for doping. But like the, the 28 days we had last May in Unbound, yeah. uh, before Unbound, without one single argument, stuff like that. I would take him anyway. You know, I'm also regretting he's not here, but he must not be able to. Yeah. Traditionally, I don't ask follow-up questions, but I want to for the sake of that one. When you were 18 and he was 14, were you friends? Because that's a big age difference at that age. Yeah, yeah. But, but, or did yeah, it take a couple of years? So we were the first time I met. So we were riding our bikes at the same club, Alkmaar, yeah. Victrix, Alkmaar, yeah. local club. And traditionally, every Monday, you would go to Seamlust. 
Siblust was like the local, like it was like 20 miles from my home mechanic. And he would fix your bike for zero money, basically. You know, when you would crash and you would hit the front wheel, he would do another rim around the front wheel, like for 10 dollars, yeah, like 25 gulden back in, back in the days. So first time I met him, I had a crash somewhere in a classic or in a, in a criterium, and he had a crash. So we meet each other at Seablost Monday night <laughs> together with my dad and his dad. And typically we would have tea with stroopwafels watching Seam repairing our bikes so that we could train again on a Tuesday. And then we were like, okay, let's go train tomorrow, you know, stuff like that. And he, uh, he was so ambitious back in the days, you know, and then I remember, so then we start to have the relationship. I remember I was 21. I was living in the south of the Netherlands already because I wanted to turn pro and there's the climbs. And he wanted to win the world championships with the juniors. And he would go in the train to my place for like three and a half hours with next to his bike because I was, he was afraid his bike was stolen. You know, like nowadays it's not like that. But back then he was like... And I would get him with a little yellow Peugeot car, like one of those tiny European guys. And we would train together. And we would go up to one mountain like five times, five times in order to become world champion. And that's where the relationship started. And of course, we lost, we lost each other for a few years when he was retiring. He was fed up with cycling. But I got him back into racing because of a battle. We had, a, we had like a, what's it called? We had a bet. Yeah, yeah. Like, he told me he was going to beat me in a beach race in the Netherlands within within like within like one year. I'm going to beat you, and he was like 90 kilos, like he was overweighted. And I said, no way. And since then he's riding his bike again. You know, he fell in love for riding again, so that's cool. I want him on the show. How much of his life is revolved around biking again? Does he train regular? Does he ride no, regular? No, okay. no, no. In the beginning, he was ambitious, but you know, he's got also. So he did. He did. For example, he's like in the Netherlands. He did Survivor oh, wow. two times. No kidding. You know, so he's like, he's like one of those celebrities. He, he, he cannot be here because he he needed to be in Mallorca to have like a party with Rafael Nadal. One, the, yeah. the, the tennis player and be there for three days with, with, with one of Rafael Nadal's sponsors and whatever. So, but when he's with me, he, he starts to train again. And basically every week, because we live like 20, he's living in Amsterdam city center. Like, but every week he comes to me on a Sunday morning and we ride the forest where I live for four hours and then, and then we have lunch and he goes back. And then I try to get him on the bike for one more time that week and then I hope to get him through winter like at least two or three times a week on the bike. But right. he's not like regular. Impressive. Well, yeah, bring him back to the States. I'd love to sit down with him, sit down with both of you. I want to read his book. I hear it's yeah. a good one. Yeah, you got to check it out. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. All right. Do you understand where tonight's dinner is? It's at the Professional Bull Riding yeah, I heard. Association's yeah. HQ. <laughs> That'll be good. All right. Got to watch LTD, thank you it's very much, man. It's almost Texas. Exactly. Okay. High five. That's a good one. Good one. I enjoyed it.